0: Welcome to Kilgown's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgown, sit down and try to recreate the bar conversation we all know and love. I have comedian friends on and people from all different walks of life to just, you know, shoot the shit. We talk about all the things you talk about in a bar. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. That's at Kilgallen's Pub. Give myself a follow at Joe Kilgallen. I'm at Joe Kilgallen on Instagram. You can look at my Facebook page. My website's joekilgallon.com where you can see my tour dates. I've actually got some stuff coming up in September I'll be on the road. Grand Rapids, I'm coming your way. Second weekend of September, I'll be at Dr. Grins. Also, I'm going to be in Cleveland on Thursday, September 6th at the Winchester. And then on September 7th, I'll be in Virginia at, uh, I can't script the name of this, I already know it, uh, Roanoke? Roanoke, Virginia? Is that how you pronounce it? At uh, Star Bar Comedy. So I'll be in those two cities, and then I'll be in Michigan the weekend after that, and I'll be announcing more dates come this fall. I'm going to go hitting the road, because I like to stay in Chicago during the summer, because as a Chicago resident, you deal with so much crap in the months of January and February, that why not stay here and enjoy July and August? That's how I view it. Uh, fun podcast today. This one is going to be a real uh, nostalgic podcast for a lot of you, I imagine, because I have as a guest the person who's my my longest friend in the world. I have uh, been friends with this person since I was born. We grew up right next door to each other and got to record the podcast in the backyard of where I grew up next door. The, he's lived in the same place his entire life. He owns the building now. So I don't want you thinking, what is this guy? Just, just staying with his parents? No, there's, there's some stuff to it. Don't be judgy, Okay. The dude's the best. He really is um, so nice to shoot the shit with him again. And he's, I think, uh, you know, he's probably listening right now thinking, oh, don't kiss my ass. But I consider myself fortunate in the sense that I was never the funniest person in any of my group of friends. And the first group of friends I ever had, he was a huge part of. He was my best friend. And I always thought he was funnier than me. He was just, he was witty. He knew how to turn a phrase. He had that physical comedy. He had like this Chris Farley essence about him, which we do talk about. So we do. We uh, we we talk about our childhood, growing up in the city of Chicago, in the northwest side of Chicago in particular, and it's a fun one. So hopefully, as you're listening to this, it reminds you of the crazy shit you got into with your grade school buddies, and you could relate to it. Um, but before I go to that um, sit down conversation I had with Michael Pecco, that's his name, Michael Pecco. I didn't even name his name yet. He's got a real fun name. I feel like Michael Pecco, and uh, like a real, it's a real Chicago name. I feel like. A great guy. We hit. We get into some cool stuff. He's a big craft beer guy, a big wrestling dude. He got me into so much, so many of the things that I'm still into today. Like I'm a diehard Nirvana fan, all because of him. All the good music I listened to throughout the '90s and even some of today, he got me into. He's that friend, the friend that everyone needs to have. But before I get into that, I I, I want to talk about something that's a little mo- way more serious. Not a little more, a lot more serious. Uh, I've seen a couple posts from. Not it's it's more common. Um, it's from a few people about um, having suicidal thoughts. So yeah, I'm getting a little serious with you. So if you're drinking a fun beer, you might want to switch to something some a darker whiskey, I suppose. Something more grim. Turn the lights off. Look out look out the window. If it's raining, even better. Uh, so yeah, it's I want to address this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you some tough love. Look, I get that depression is a chemical thing. I've dealt with it. We've all had these. Uh, Bad thoughts, you know. Life, life is hard, and I'm not going to be one of those assholes that's like, "Oh, you're feeling sad, you're depressed. Just, just get happy." Why don't they just get it? No, because it's way more complicated than that. What I'm going to tell you is that go get help. Don't just. There are talkers and there are doers, and and by doer, I mean don't do it. Don't kill yourself. That's that's not what I mean at all. I mean like get the help because if you're going through the trouble of making a Facebook status, of, of of writing out a tweet or whatever, you're, you are reaching for help. That is a cry. And, and you're recognizing that. So go, go one step above that and get the help you need. And I know a lot of people will like people, I I see it. Someone makes that post and there's comments going, I love you. I love you. Let me know. And then people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this. If I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I need a real reason not to. And when I hear that, I'm like, listen, there's no simple fix there. There's nothing any one person can say. It comes down to you. And, and, and I'm not going to comprehend. I, can, I know what's going on in anyone's brain. But, no, but I do believe this. I strongly believe that you do choose. You could choose to find the negative in anything, and you could choose to find the positive in anything. So if people are coming out to you going, oh, we're all going to miss you, and you're thinking, oh, fuck that. Or if someone's going to try to be friendly and fun with you, where they're like, hey, man, you can't kill yourself. There's another season of a show you haven't seen yet. Or whatever it is. You could find that, oh, well, last season sucked, and the next season might get even worse. Or that season was great, and maybe I want to end it on You could find that. You could find your reason in anything that anyone tells you. It comes down to whether or not you actually are going to find the reason to keep fighting on and living. Because I do believe it gets better. I know it gets better. I've, I've, I've gone through those down times. A lot of people have. And I know I, I'll, for fact, living is better than being dead. Uh, you don't know. You know it's like when you're dead, Joe. For all you know, it's the best thing ever. It's, it's, you, w- listen, as crazy as the world is, you could choose to make it a fun place. You can. I really believe that. Uh, it is a mindset thing. Like if you're going to a party, someone invites you to a party, and you're going into that party thinking, well, this party's going to suck. Well, guess what? That party's probably going to suck. Because you're kind of making up your mind. But if you wake up thinking, you know what? Life's awesome. I love this quote from Noel Gallagher. He talked about, you know, I mentioned Nirvana earlier. They're still one of my favorite bands. But, you know, Kurt did have a song called I Hate Myself and I Want to Die. Although he tried to say I didn't mean that. But, you know, he ended up killing himself. So we all kind of know where that went. And Noel said, even though he was a big fan of Kurt's music, of Nirvana, he said, "I I wasn't having that. He goes, because from where we stood, we were two guys that we didn't have a pot to piss in. But we believe there was nothing better than waking up in the morning because you didn't know where you are going to end up at night. And I think about that now with life. There is nothing better than waking up in the morning. But it does come down to mindset. If you're one of those people who's like, I hate Mondays, fix that then. Choose not to hate Mondays. Find a way to love Mondays. Go and say, hey, it's the start of a week and I'm lucky to be here. You could be that person. And if you're someone out there who's romanticizing suicide, fucking don't. Because there's nothing romantic about it. What what's the glamour in it? I know you you probably you probably know someone who's killed themselves, and you're probably thinking, hey, they got a lot of love. Yeah, what happens? You know what I mean. And I'm not fucking downplaying those people either. Sorry if I'm getting a little bit more amped up because I don't like people who call people who commit suicide cowards. They're not cowards. They're going through something that we can't even comprehend, and they and it's sad because they look to it because they really believe that's the last resort. But if you're having those suicidal thoughts, get to work. You could fix this, and you could still have the best life you've ever had, especially if you're in your 20s and 30s. Even in your 40s and 50s, there are, like, there are people who don't hit their prime until their 60s, and the last 15 years of their life are fucking amazing. So do that. I just see it right now where people are we're living in this social media world that really messes with your brains, and you're thinking, oh, you know, then people will care. I mean, will they? Oh, you'll end up in a couple profile pictures, People will tag you in posts. They'll write on your wall, I miss you. And then guess what? A few weeks later, everyone goes back to their regular life. That's just the way it goes. Even people that, like, even the most impactful people that everyone will miss. After a couple weeks, people go go back to their life because that's the way it goes. So, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want, if you want to end up being another hashtag for a day or two, RIP, I miss you, you think that's. That's something to romanticize? I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you there, but I, I, have to, I have to be tough about this. If you're making those posts, you know there's something up. Seek the help. Get the help, because shit does get better. You know what I mean? Masturbate and have some ice cream. Like Things get better. Uh, and people will miss you. So the people out there, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, is he talking about me? I probably am, because I've heard the posts. And I love you. And I appreciate you, and I love and all everyone. I love and appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. I really do. I hope you have some fun hearing about what a crazy, uh, temperamental kid I was. As a, a good friend of mine, I will tell you. And um, again, thanks everyone for listening to Killgans Pub. I really love doing this podcast, and I, I couldn't do it without you, uh, without everyone listening. So keep telling your friends, keep sharing the post, and uh, without further ado, enjoy Killgowns Pub. Cheers. <laughs> Sitting here on the northwest side of Chicago with literally my oldest friend on the freaking planet, um, Michael Pecco. How are you, my friend? I'm here. You're here? Yeah. You're here? You got to bring the mic actually a little bit closer. Um, there you go, okay, just a little bit. Good. Before we started, uh, Mike asked me how to hold, like, you know, should I put the mic here or here? Which is a good question, yeah. though, because I've had some people on the podcast where I go, I look at them like, I give them that signal, because if you're listening, I don't want to say, hey, put the fucking mic in your mouth, idiot. So I give them that the signal, hey, a little closer. So I'm glad, good on you for even asking. And then you reminisced about me in the spelling bee. Yeah, elementary school. <laughs> How the hell do you remember that? Oh,
1: <laughs> well, it's just because. It, was, it hurt my ears back then, you know. And you just, like, come up, and you're just all up in it, and just, Jay. Oh, and you're like, oh my lord. I was
0: a good speller, though, for a while there. I oh, was in yeah. the spelling bee like every year for and about five or six years there.
1: And yeah, the mic was very close, too.
0: I know. You know what? <laughs> I had bad mic skills up until I really started doing stand up. I, like, about a year before I started stand up at my cousin's wedding, like the oldest cousin, the first one to get married in the family, they asked me to do a reading and, and during the mass part. And I was like, sure, yeah. And I bombed it, man. Oh, I bombed it bad. I like had to clear my throat three times. And then I made an excuse saying, oh, I just drank Pepsi, which I did do. And I thought the Pepsi had made my throat a little weird, you know. Maybe I should have had water instead. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. But most of my cousins are giving me a look like, did you choke? Admit it. You just. It was a stupid reading. You ever hear that reading? I'm sure people listening have heard this one. It's popular at weddings. It's kind of sexist when you think about it because it talks about Adam and Eve And it's like, Adam looked bored. So then God created woman out of his womb, took the rib, and then... But the way it's written is written terribly. Because it's it's not a series. It's instead of saying, like, um, the man... um, God gave the man... Uh, water and uh, it's kept, it goes this and this and this and this instead of saying he gave him a house, food, water, and shelter. You know what I mean? Like how people write yeah. nowadays, comma, 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 and this thing, like this a series.
1: Was like a child's version. Of I don't know what the, the hell it was.
0: You know how like th- th- writings from a thousand years ago always had to like make themselves sound fancier? More I feel like, or maybe though. we dumbed it down because we realized oh, people back then were kind of full of shit, and we don't need to say the. We could say the. Let's yeah. drop that e. It's stupid. I feel that's how it went down. I'm very passionate about this, Mike. Uh, and I'm glad I had you on, though. Here's why I really wanted you on the podcast, though. Uh, well, number one, this podcast is coming out a little bit later than usual because I... Had a lot of stuff going on. And I didn't have a guest, but I've been wanting to get you on for a while. I'm not bullshitting you, Paco. You're to me mean, look just like
1: wanted to brag about the whole Cubs commercial and
0: part well, I that. needed someone to, to boost me up a little bit there. <laughs> uh, for those of you not know, because it's only local, it's only a local commercial. I got a lot of listeners throughout the country. I am on the Chicago Cubs commercial with the actor Ike Barinholtz, who's a Chicago native, who's uh, was on Mad TV. He's yeah, on, that was his
1: first name I couldn't think of his first
0: name. Yeah, he's, he was in the movie Neighbors. He plays like Seth Rogan's uh, best friend in that. Yeah. That movie Blockers came out recently. The Mindy Project. He's on yeah, that. It's
1: been more progressive lately like uh, he's been missing for a while like he did mad tv and then it felt like he kind of disappeared a lot of mad tv people did and more recently he's been
0: you know he was him. also i forgot about this he was on eastbound and down you ever watch that show he was in the no. third season of it yeah i'd watch here and there but you gotta w- I, I only watched the first two seasons and part of the third but the first season of that was fucking hilarious
1: a lot of people say that and and like i just never jumped on like i never
0: well, I know you I and I, being big Cubs fans, remember Rod Beck, and it's kind of the character Kenny Powers. This <laughs> is Rod Beck. Yeah. yeah, he's supposed to be like Rod Beck meets so John Rocker. That's how I John Rocker was racist. Yeah,
1: I got to think of it that way. It's Rod Beck.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Um, I got my hair cut at a place uh, not too far from here. We're back in the old neighborhood. Mike lives in the house that we. The the I'm looking at the, the apartment I was yeah, born in. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, in the intro, I'm sure I mentioned this. It's weird because I did the intro and in post, but uh. Michael, Pecco, is, uh, we've known each other since birth. Yeah. Besides my parents and my older sister, and, and some family members, obviously. Not all of them, though, because i got a little sister and brother. You've you known me longer than them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't known anyone longer. And we grew up right next door to each other for like a year and a half. And then I moved directly across the street. Because the apartment I'm staring at right now, the one I grew up in, uh, had mice. So when the, you know, and my dad never liked the landlord. I always got into it with him. I think his name was like Stanley or something like that. Stanley.
1: I've, is, he still, uh, is he still
0: here? He, Do he you die? Know oh,
1: Stanley's uh, still alive. Do you die?
0: Because I want to give my dad some good I forget. news. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> well, because he had a son, and I, I think I still see the son. Because remember, there was an the older guy and the old grandmother who would be gardening, like...
0: All the time? All the time. Like, always?
1: In her freaking underwear. It you must
0: be. hit an age where you're just like, especially if you're an immigrant... Uh, no offense, immigrant listeners. This isn't a knock. This is just an observation uh, where you're just like, I'm just going to pick at the grass forever yeah. like until I die because I'm going to become the grass one day. I don't know. Is it like a circle of life Lion well, King yeah, thing? My,
1: my grandfather, which I didn't know that long because he died when I was like five, he was a gardener, German strict gardener. <laughs> but he was, you know, I loved him when I was little and then he just disappeared, you know, in my eye. But yeah, he, he died, was, uh, Mike.
0: I hate to break a tear. He could have left. Yeah, he might <laughs> no, have left, right. yeah, <laughs> left <laughs> but I don't know. But I don't know. I like was, I, you're, you're like he disappeared, and I'm like, did he go away or, or did he pass away? Yeah, I don't know did. how it works.
1: He died at uh, my family's church gardening too.
0: He was gardening the church. Yeah. And just went down. He had a
1: heart attack. Yeah.
0: What a bummer. Mm. Well, he had a heart attack doing what he loved. So that's pretty good. But I remember the mice in that place. I was a little kid, you know, I mean, I think I was two we moved. But I remember my dad taking a pitching wedge and taking a dead mouse and pitching it into the garbage can.
1: Pitching wedge.
0: You know how obsessed with golf he was. Still is. I don't know if I said was, but like, you know, uh, my dad's famous for uh, throughout the neighborhood as being that guy that will take plastic golf balls, go to the front lawn and just hit them up and down the block. Not like up and down the block. He stays to within the the yard that's ours, and then the yard in front and behind, depending on which way he decides to hit it. Because I've had friends be like, "Hey, I drove by your parents. house, pretty sure it's our dad out front hitting plastic golf balls." I'm like, "Yeah, sounds about right." Yeah. He retired at 50. He's been doing that for about was 14 he years it now. Too? Yeah, might have been yelling out a little bit. Uh, but man, what a so we, we went directly across the street, and so you and I we we lived on the same block for the first 10 years of our life, and then I moved a block and a half over after my dad remarried. We moved on up, got a house. Which was nice, yeah, cause you used to come by and sleep over. <laughs> yeah, no, we had to get off the block. We're like, we can't live on a block with I, I think it. Because
1: they scared Mo in the apartment when I just walked in. Yeah, was Mo was my stepmother,
0: videos? Maureen, nicknamed <laughs> Mo, and Mike used to.
1: She's like, that's it,
0: cause he used to. It was hilarious. We would well, my when my parents got divorced, everyone. This is what we. My dad would do. He would take us on these. I call them baseball vacations, where we would go on a road trip. And we went to Cincinnati and Cleveland one year to see the Cubs play the Reds. And we saw the Indians face the Twins. Because I remember Kirby Puckett played a home run. My dad was telling me, oh, Kirby Puckett's from Chicago and all this. And then uh, the next summer, we went to Atlanta and Cincinnati again. Because we just filed the Cubs on a road trip. And we, my dad really liked Cincinnati. So uh, I had told you, oh, just let yourself in and play Nintendo. Because <laughs> we were like, I was like six or seven. Just been like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. seven or Love eight. It. I
1: just walked in like I owned a fucking place.
0: Yeah, you would. I don't, Do we not lock our doors? But you know, I remember. We were
1: white, basically almost suburban. It just felt like that way. It was, you know, eighty. Well, it was the
0: 89, 90s. 90, 91.
1: Yeah. So it was white, but, totally white neighborhood. You just, everyone's door was unlocked.
0: It's very Hispanic now, though. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, though. Uh, what cracks corrects, corrects, corrects me up about that, though, not that I just stuttered right there, is that the way we grew up versus how kids are now. Not to get all old man, like these kids don't go out and play anymore. I feel sad for the kids because it's, it's the news media driving it. Chicago yeah. was way more dangerous when we were children. It was. I looked up the murder rates of this. I found this whole graph about the murder rates in the city of Chicago. In the 90s, every year of the 90s was higher. 2016 beat out one year of the 90s. But all the other years were higher than the last 10 years in the city of Chicago but Chicago gets all the we're recording in a backyard so you probably hear a, a truck backing up back there but we Chicago gets so much negative media and and press and everything like that for being like the murder capital but it's like it's still way safer than it had been all right, I gotta pause it that's crazy
1: Murder capital of the world. Murder
0: capital, thank you for getting me back on. Yeah, fuck it, how rude was that garbage truck? It was, we, me and I both looked at each other like, what is that? Because it was just backing up yeah. the whole alley. It wasn't picking any garbage I mean, up. That,
1: that was the rude part. I was like, I have garbage. I know, I'm and staring at a like lot a of garbage. Mattress. Maybe you can pick my weeds because, man, am I might have been lazy lately.
0: Dude, this backyard's a jungle, my friend. This is... You like it? <laughs> I mean, I like it. It's, it's, it's cozy in a weird way. It's, it is. The weeds have all grown around the fence almost by design. So I kind of dig that aspect of it. Uh, no, but uh, you and I, we, we we did a lot of fun stuff in this neighborhood. On um, uh, my my wife and I had our five year wedding anniversary a few weeks back. Everybody, big deal, five years, and um, wasn't on purpose. But this, my friend, and a few of my friends have been recommending this Colombian restaurant, which is in our neighborhood, the neighborhood you and I grew up in, which I don't live in anymore. And uh, it's the Porch Park neighborhood of Chicago. In case anyone's wondering, wanna, if you're popping into the city, it's it's a cool area, and. Uh, so we went to the steak, the Colombian steakhouse. It was fantastic. Big fan of it. It was called Las Tablas, which I think it means the tables or lost tables. I don't know what the hell. Because <laughs> as L-A-S means last or lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I didn't take Spanish. I took French. No. <laughs> I
1: took two years. Still don't.
0: People listening are like, Joe's a fucking moron. Uh, and then we went to this frozen yogurt place. We checked out the new bar. And, uh, and then, what, and then I, we went past this apartment complex. Now, I think you might remember this. You were, I'm 99% sure you were with us. It's off of like, um, you know, Six Corners area over there yeah. by Dickinson Park. And uh, me, you, Matt Lemke, uh, Chris Sorensen, 100% sure he was there too. And maybe we dragged Mike Martinez along. I think he might have been part of the group. Name drops. I no, Doing a lot of, yeah, <laughs> famous people I just, I'm just name dropping childhood friends. And, uh, and we went into, and this dude, Steve, there's this dude, Steve, who lived in the neighborhood that I only knew through Matt. Think drug dealer, not positive, but was a dude. Who, I remember he lived off of Montrose and Cicero because I used to get on the highway over there and always oh, see him wandering around yeah. by that, that one bar that used to be called Memories. And uh, we went into this apartment complex and ding-dong ditched every apartment because it was one of those big apartment buildings. They had like probably 10 units on each floor, so yeah. 30. And we were running down, knocking and knocking and knocking. And then I think halfway into it, you were like, this is stupid. <laughs> and, then we and then we went to Sears and we'd play hide-and-go-seek at Sears.
1: Net was awesome.
0: That was, was the best. And that series just closed a couple of weeks ago. The last Sears still in the city of Chicago is done. And um, I guess this would work at other department stores. This works in malls for you listeners out there. I, I don't know how what my age demographic is, but playing, hiding or seek in a department store was a blast because you could hide anywhere. We had multiple floors.
1: Yeah. Fourth floor was furniture, which I loved. You had the desks, the beds and shit like that to hide in. That was, like, the best part. I think it was the fourth, somewhere around
0: there. Yeah, I think that's where we usually found you. (laughs) Was that your spot? I want to (laughs) relax. My big move was whoever was counting, I would hide as near to the counter as possible. Because I think we always had the person count in TVs. Oh. And that was my move. Because I thought they're thinking, no way is anyone going to hide this close to where I just was. And I would always see them. I would always kind of, like, tuck away, like, behind some clothes or something. Or maybe behind, like, an electronic. And I would see whoever the counter was. Say the counter was Chris Sorensen. You know, you know. 24, 25. Where are you not here? You come and then he would go, and I would literally see him go by me onto these other areas, and then then I would go like to a, then I would go even closer to where he was because they're not going to check where you just were. That's just some good hiding go seek advice for everybody. That's back when the United States was looking for Osama bin Laden. I remember going, he's probably still in New York because that's the last place we find him. Yeah.
1: You were wrong. I was way
0: <laughs> off. I was way yeah. I was off by a planet almost. When you're off by an entire planet, that's pretty bad. You, by the way, are drinking a German beer. Well, let's name it for everybody. It's called Julius Echter. Yes. I brought it from my fridge. It had been in my fridge, I'm not going to lie, for a while. And I'm drinking my standard uh, cheap-ass Miller Lite.
1: It's either German or Belgian.
0: You got to get the mic a little bit closer. Sorry. See, now I got to give you the shit. <laughs> you were looking. I'm trying to read shit. Rest and... it, you're resting it on your on your right tit. Rest yeah. it in that center. Rest, it, don't rest don't the, the mic like over rest your it. heart. Rest <laughs> it. Rest the mic on your heart. No. Nah, Let okay. us feel your heart beating, Mike. Uh, all right. You know what else I thought of here? And everyone listening, uh, this this is going to be a very nostalgic podcast for me, but uh, maybe you guys could relate to the stupid shit you did in your life. The only time I've ever really committed a crime you were part of, but the thing is, you and I really didn't do anything. The other people in our group were the ones committing the crime. You remember what I'm talking about when yes. we went to the Harlem and Irving Mall? Yep. Yeah. The hip, the Harlem Irving Plaza, which is if you're a Chicagoan, you, if you don't know it, you're not a Chicagoan. That's why I tell people. If you've, if you've never heard, I'll meet people, and every now and then I'll bring up the hip, and they're like, what's the hip? I go, Harlem Irving Plaza, and they go, oh, and I'm like, so what's up, where were you from? That's how you could tell, oh, you're full of shit, you're not really from here, right? Yeah. It's kind of like right up there with, like, if you, don't, if you don't know certain, like, radio jingles.
1: Yeah, but, well, yeah, if they say they're from Chicago, they could be totally if, if
0: they're from like the far south side yeah. fine i get you not knowing a, a northwest side mall i get that yeah. but you know in certain i'm sure people have this where you're from too where you're like you're not really from here you're just trying to pretend you are yeah that happens with big cities a lot i don't know if small town people have that where someone moves in i think chicago i meet mean, so many people in chicago that are new here they've lived here for 18 months and they want to be a chicago and so desperately i'll hear them bitching about like stuff like the public schools which you went to throughout. I only went to a public grade school. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, you didn't go to one of these schools. You don't have any children who are going to go to one of these schools. So are you just complaining to try to be part of something? Like you just want so badly to have friends or I I don't know. I mean, or maybe they're legitimately concerned citizens and I'm being an asshole, but I always, there's always a fakeness to that.
1: But it's funny that they're bitching about it. And like, yet Chicago is probably the top public school out of. Any state, almost. That's what uh, I As here.
0: far as a lot of cities go, I mean, I think the public high schools are definitely doing a lot of things wrong, but the public grade schools are pretty good across the board. Yeah. Because I'll give you a great example. Like you know, I was never a good student, but my younger brother went to the same grade school you and I went to, mm-hmm. and he's at you know, University of Illinois right now in pre-med, and uh, and your ACT at thirty six is perfect. He got a thirty three. I mean, that's a public school product right there. I went to a Catholic high school, but was ranked second, or th- you know, was, was he ranked third? If he, I think he was third in his class. In uh, high school with like a 4.6 GP. So, and I got another friend who went through public school throughout. And he, now, I, I, I'm telling him he should run for mayor. My buddy Pete Kalenick, if you're listening, dude, that dude is super impressive. Graduated from University of Chicago. Has a uh, master's from Northwestern. Got another degree, I think, from UIC. Um, uh, was, in, was served in the military. Like, he has all the things where you're like, if his last name was Kennedy, he'd be a senator already, I think. Yeah. One of those dudes. Or
1: he'd, if his last name was Daley, he'd... Own the yeah, place.
0: he would own the city of Chicago yeah. for sure, because Chicago is very corrupt with mm-hmm. shit like that. So anyway, we were at the Harlem and Irving Mall. We were probably eighth grade or freshman in high school. You were great ahead of me despite only being yeah. two months older than me. You Sorry, July eleventh, I was September twenty first, <laughs> so I'm over that September cutoff. It was always funny to me because people all, every now and then would give you shit. I remember being like, What are you hanging out with people younger than you? Yeah. And you're like, it's two months younger than me. Like, and we live <laughs> next door. What the fuck do you want? And you cause
1: you fucking lame asses, these guys are way more entertaining than you.
0: We were, weren't we?
1: There was there were some Your cool grade
0: wasn't yeah. as cool. And I hung yeah. out with some other dudes in your grade. I remember. There were like, some mm-hmm.
1: cool guys, you know, but your clique was a little bit better. Our
0: clique was. Well, I'll give you an example. Dustin Falk and Derek Falk. Two neighborhood dudes went to a great school with us. Uh Dustin was cool too. I'm not knocking yeah. Dustin. I thought Dustin was a cool guy. But Derek Dustin, was cooler. Yeah,
1: and me and Dustin would hang out with more some of the seven.
0: Yeah, and Dustin would hang out with some of us as well because, you know, his and brother he was, was like, a year apart. Yeah, I like Dustin a lot. I wasn't knocking mm-hmm. Dustin, but Derek was cooler. Yeah. There's just there's I think there's something like about that where it kinda goes in waves. Where I remember yeah. um in high school worked that way. All the dudes a year ahead of me, and some of them were pretty cool, but a lot of them were fucking lame-asses, too, where I think our crew was the more fun crew because I was the common denominator is what I'm oh, trying to yeah. tell you. <laughs> but do you remember what I'm going at with you, this? You with were the-, the
1: wild card because you're the angry Irishman. That's, I'm just yeah, kidding.
0: man. Um, my <laughs> reputation... By the way, dude, it, ca- it came up in my Facebook memories. I'm going to get to the thing with the helmet over every mall, everybody. It came up in my Facebook memories... When, Because, um, you know, my son's one and a half now, so you must have – I think we announced it two years ago. We announced it in August that, hey, baby's due in February, our uh, first child. You know, you have to make that stupid Facebook post. It's not stupid. you got to tell people, hey, we're having a kid. We're proud about that. And your comment was by far the funniest comment yes. of anybody's. Do you remember what you remember. said? No. You don't remember?
1: I, I read it when you posted it? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't even remember saying it. You don't it. remember
0: saying it? Here's what, here's what, here's what he wrote, everybody. Because, you know, I'm notorious for my bad temper. Yeah, you guys, if, you, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, go back to the Colt Cabana, Marty DeRosa episode, which I think was like episode 14 or 15. Uh, that was like a therapy episode because all they did was talk to me about how, yeah, how I could improve myself and yeah. fix my temper. And um, so uh, we announced, hey, we're having a baby. And Peck over here commented, that baby's going to need anger management in the womb. And I thought that was fantastic. That was very fitting for me, being the the psycho I am. You know what bothers me about that lately, though? Because I have been working on it, of course, because, you know, you get older and you're like, I can't be acting like this anymore. It's childish. Is that I think people think I'm angry all the time, but I'm not. You know me. My default setting is happiness. But I'm very quick to be like, oh, that guy's a piece of shit and someone should tell him. And I'll be the guy that tells him.
1: And especially if it's a stranger, you you can quickly think you know, you, you get angry more to a complete stranger than a person you know. Yeah, right. Like like wow, what I'm witnessing right now between this guy that I have no idea I think he's a fucking dick, and
0: (laughs) I almost feel like I think
1: that too. But I, I'm more laughing like, "Wow, this guy's an ass." (laughs) Yeah, see,
0: I wish I had that quality that you have—the ability to just fucking be like, like, "This guy's a dipshit. This is hilarious." If
1: if it was like projected to me, I would be a little bit different. But like, if I'm just witnessing it and it's it's like playing out in the movie, I'm like, "Wow, look at this asshole."
0: I have slowed down in that regard, where seen that. No, I (laughs) do
1: You've always been saying I don't have anger management. There's just a lot of fucking idiots. Or you know I've calmed down. Blah blah blah. No, it's always been. You keep saying it.
0: Well, be yeah, I always felt like that. We we stopped hanging around a little bit. Uh, most high school we went to different high schools and stuff like yeah. that. But a few of our little high school crew, our grade school crew, I should say, going into high school, despite that like, we all went to different high schools. Yeah. Um, Soren's went to different high school. Martinez went to different high school. Marco, went, no, you and Marco both went to the same high school. Yeah, um, we all went to different schools. By the way, I like how we're talking about what a white neighborhood was. I just named two Hispanic dudes. The neighborhood well, wasn't that it, white. when We were like sorry. five or six. It was pretty yeah, white.
1: Like I think, yeah, five, six, maybe right around nine, ten. Then it started diversifying. Yeah, a which more. is good because uh, remember, like I think it was Jose that was right across the street. Yeah, Dion.
0: Dion, man.
1: And Dion had the awesome 90s mullet going on. He had the when best
0: Puerto Rican 90s mullet ever. Because <laughs> like it was 10. so thin in the back. Oh, it was almost like so the rat tail mullet.
1: He wore that perfectly.
0: Do you remember, though? I remember Dion. I doubt he's listening to this. If you are, yeah, uh, I yeah. get along with you. But you, you probably remember this moment. I think that everyone has like a little turning moment in their life. And one of them happened with Dion. Because Dion was tough. Because he was a little older than us. And he hung out with some tough people. Yeah, he was. You know what I mean? There was, maybe, there was probably a gang affiliation there. And I remember one day he said something and I was just like, "Wait a minute. I'm bigger than you. Fuck this." And I just shoved his ass to the ground and he gave me a look like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Get up again." I kind of dared him because I was pissed. Cuz I can't remember what it was. He was running his mouth about something and and that probably was one of those strikes. Probably. Did we had the best baseball games on the block?
1: <laughs> balls and strikes.
0: Which I don't know why we argued balls and strikes that much cuz nobody it wasn't like money ball. We weren't working the count.
1: The bat's already across the street. The ball down down the block. What was my big line whenever I got mad at you guys? Oh, I don't
0: I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> I was that asshole, wasn't I? It
1: uh, was like mostly a tennis ball anyway. Fuck, man. Like I got a tennis ball. I think I got a racket ball, man. Dude, I look
0: back on why did they hang out with me? Why did all was I was such an asshole so many times? Remember when Ride I slammed card. Gilberto Lopez's head off the fucking garage? Were you there for that? Yeah. Oh, man, I've, just, I've run into Gilbert a couple times. He was like on the burbs. He saw me at a show in uh, Schaumburg, I think. <laughs> then
1: you had the ball, and you're ready to whip it at people, and everyone started running. <laughs> I just stood there, and I'm like, it's I'm like,
0: Wait, <laughs> He's the wild card. See, th-
1: and then there's me again, just laughing. like It's scenario video, just like, <laughs> <laughs> look at this. It's happening.
0: Dude, you were so I, – I man, um I was never the funniest guy in any group I was in, as I mentioned, and I hope I mentioned this in the intro. You were uh, the- you're no, good. I was funny, but you were always wait. You were so good physically. You did a great Chris Farley impression, and you're a bigger dude. I, I think I can yes, mention that to I everyone. To
1: the Chris Farley impression, you know. <sighs> if I was born in, like, the 70s, I would probably do, like, a Brian Dennehy or something like that, or a Wilford Brimley. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, will Brimley. Ah, <laughs> uh, <I'll beat> <laughs> shit, do you remember what, they used to do this gag, I remember me and, like, Marco or, um, or whoever would come and get you, Jeff Panic. we would, you know, ring your doorbell, and you were in the second unit of an apartment building that <laughs> you're, you own now, which is awesome, and, um... You would do this. Do you remember the tell the, the running, gag.
1: the running stairs down and hit the glass?
0: It's never not funny. You did it a hundred thousand times yeah. every time we would pick you up for two years. You did this until, yeah,
1: you know, you want to know why I did it only a hundred times because 101 I broke it <laughs>
0: <laughs> with you would do my it, head you would do perfectly. <laughs> you would do this thing where as you were coming down, you said we'd ring the bell or we would, yeah, because we, you were able to open way in the yeah. hallway. And you would do a thing where you would pretend like you were falling yeah, on the like stairs. I'm, and you were I'm, running. Yeah,
1: you I'm were, running really fast. And it just sounds like I'm stumbling. It was, it was,
0: and, then. and then you would do a fake headbang yeah. on the glass window. And then, you know, pretend it was such a good physical comedy, like Chris yeah. Farley type thing. And we would always laugh our ass off. And we knew it was coming. I think that's why we picked you up so many times. Yeah, we, we gotta go because there was really no reason to pick we you were up. We were, up. We we could, you know, you could, yeah, you easily called. We could like, have just been like, come hey, come. we're gonna be out front, or you know, meet us down the street at uh, JJ Peppers. There's a reference, and um, I don't think those exist anymore. They're little like uh, white hen type things. I
1: think uh, Addison and,
0: and Milwaukee, right?
1: No, Addison, Addison and uh, like Cicero or something like that. Okay, or yeah, there we, might be one over there. You're right.
0: Something like that. Yeah, I, I, I think I did drive by one not that long ago. I
1: think it's yeah, still called the JJ.
0: Well, they had NBA Jam in Area Fifty One, so like it was the best because they had little mm-hmm. arcade games, and it was kind of like a Seven Eleven, so you NBA could get like a cheap yeah. slushy type, their version of a slushy, and just pump quarters away. But yeah, so you would, and then the hundred first time, you did the thing, but this time the glass so, shattered. It
1: was so perfect, like I just like, like one I wasn't there breaker. for it though. But I think no. it was,
0: I think it was Jeff and Sorensen, which was weird because or it
1: could have been Martinez. I might
0: have been know. Mike Martinez, but. I remember comes the garbage truck again, just fucking cruising.
1: Maybe he's picking shit up this time. Are, just are, know, don't hate. Okay, I, well, <laughs> I'm just going
0: to... Real quick. All right, we paused briefly because of the, the garbage men who are working hard. We, we appreciate still, you. Yeah. I think they could still hear me, so I'm going to give them they're, a thumbs they're up. They're doing a good job here. They're doing a good job. They're taking away mattresses that you got there in the old backyard here. And uh, so I think we were talking about... Uh, well, I was going to get to the Harmon Irving incident when I'm talking about with the, the little crime that you and I kind of assisted in. Uh, but before that... Shit! I used to joke with people saying this podcast should be called. What the hell was I talking about? Yeah. Um, well, You're mentioning,
1: uh, yeah, that, and uh, you're going to mention about the Stones incident and stuff like that. Rolling the, Stones. S- the Stones, the Rolling Stones incident.
0: Oh, Rolling Stone Records. Yeah. Okay, I'll just do that, and then maybe want to remember. I, I think I was saying about. Um, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, I can't recall
0: now. I can't remember. I think I remember off the whole Dion like, um, oh, no, we are talking about my temper and everything like that. But I, I wanted to add to when I used to chuck the basketball, i do a thing where either when my team was losing or if I got fouled, which is, it's, you're playing basketball in an alley, you're going to get bumped. Um, I would grab the ball and everyone knew when it was happening and people would yell, oh, no, he's going to do it. And then I'd fucking, because we'd get good games going, almost like three on three, four on four, yeah. which in an alley is tight. And there would be like, everyone would just fucking take off running. And I look back on that now going, damn, I wish there was someone who would have smacked me around a little bit. But I guess I was the biggest guy in the group. Um, dude, uh, I like how you mentioned them beforehand, though, because you got my back in the sense where you're like, oh, most of the time you just yell people who were strangers. Because yeah. with us, I never really heard anybody. The closest I got was like, I mentioned Gilberto Lopez earlier, because um, that one was pretty famous. I run into people from decades ago who, if they were there, they'd bring that up. We're, it was a loose ball. We were chasing a loose ball, and he definitely shoved me. To, he Reggie Millered me to get this loose ball.
1: <laughs> Reggie Miller.
0: And as he did that, oh, I God. then went and grabbed him by the back of the head and slammed his yeah, face off a garage slammed. door, which was a really uh, bad move. I think I apologized immediately, but he had, a, he had a bruised up face. It took a few, few seconds. But well, you're yeah, right. It did take a few seconds. You but needed um,
1: take, You needed to bring that red bar down a little bit.
0: I'll give you an example. My, your, dog is, your dog is named Macy, by the way. And it's going, it's really not, ups- it's upset with these garbage men. <laughs> hey, they're the last, of the garbage men, by the way, are the most important of all the uh, civil servants. I'm not kidding I you right see now. That. Yeah. Because look, look, fi- firemen, by the way, I got firemen friends, firemen are great. But because of technology, there aren't that many fires anymore. It's not like 50 years ago where you plugged in two things in the wall and all of a sudden your house is on fire. Like, electrical advances have made it. So there's, like... I read something like there's four major fires a year, and the average fireman doesn't even get into one of those four because it's just so rare. And that's why shows like Chicago Fire, which I'm not even knocking because I would love a part on, because um, they film in Chicago, are kind of unrealistic because in every episode, there's some major, huge, we got to take care of this fire, where it's like... It's fucking mo-
1: backdraft.
0: Yeah, every, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're fucking red, you're dead on. Yeah, every episode is backdraft, and then there's always someone fighting with someone, when really, in all reality, I guess if they did a TV show about a, what a, the life of a fireman truly is, it'd be kind of boring because it'd be just a bunch of guys cooking and playing horse all day long. You know what I mean? They all have a backboard. You ever notice that every fire station I drive by, they got a hoop set up, which is cool. And police officers, look, I know it's a tough job, and that, you know they've been getting a lot of guff lately, and, and some there's some bad ones who deserve that fucking guff. But cops t- typically show up after a crime was already committed. Yeah. Garbage men, though, they take out your garbage every damn week, and without that, disease spread rapidly. Before, before at, like garbage men and like a garbage service was set up, people were getting sick and dying constantly because it was just garbage stacked on the streets. So, tell your dog to stop barking at the garbage they men. They are
1: literally dealing with our shit.
0: Literally, <laughs> like constantly. Yeah. I mean, and who could forget that classic movie Men at Work, where they were both garbage men? Oh, that was a great movie. That was a little but Keith little.
1: David, uh, the rent-a-cops. I hate
0: rent cups Was that who that was? I forget. Were, yeah, I haven't seen I'm, him uh, in a long time. The Thing and everything like that. Yeah. Oh, we switched beers. We're now drinking a Pipeworks uh, brewery, uh, which is a local Chicago uh, brewing company here. And um, I keep teasing the Harlem and Irving story. I'm going to get to the Harlem and Irving story, then we'll talk about the beer. Oh, yeah. that's This, this, think this think podcast, that's, is, that's why I like this. It's like, bu- you know, we element. go over the place. Yeah. So what happened was, we are eighth grade or freshman in high school, and it was around Christmas time. Because I remember specifically, we all went Christmas shopping. And our one friend, do you think you care if we name him? He lives up a block?
1: He lives down the block?
0: He lives the next block over, yeah. He was. He didn't do this one. This no. was another friend. Yeah,
1: that's That's why I'm
0: confused. Who is a fireman now, so, so, yeah, that's,
1: that's why I was confused. But they don't give but a yeah. shit.
0: It was fucking... A, the Statue of Limitations is the, over the, on a crime one from one 2000. Were, they don't know his last name. No. So, I don't know why I'm like... I just don't want people going like, this guy's a criminal. So, our one buddy, um, he was one the one that first said... He is a criminal. He might be, <laughs> actually. He, <laughs> He's he was the first one, because we didn't... The event I'm getting to, we stole from several stores over the course of that day. Yeah. And by we, me saying, hey, I want that. Can you steal it for me? I'll be the lookout. I think I was the lookout on every one of these. I didn't have the guts to actually. I just. Against I Machine didn't.
1: Was one of the albums.
0: Which one? Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Which album though? But, but it, I remember we. I got a, a Kevin Nash a plush toy. i an NWO Wolfpack. If you were, are a WWE wrestling the sh- fan, I remember, I remember the that. Shirt. One. Yeah. Hell yeah, man! Outsiders, yeah. and I got. Uh, I got. I think Marco to grab it. I think he took and put it. Put in his pocket. I said his name. So what? I didn't say his last name? Yeah,
1: but the shirt one. Cause remember, remember there was a, like a shirt stand, but it was like out in the open. Oh, the outsider shirt. And you're like, yeah, I really want that. And like, I think it was Chris Sorensen.
0: Soren- he might've done he that one. He snapped his
1: fingers and, mm.
0: and then we took that off. Could have been,
1: I forget. Him
0: and Marco did most of it. And Chunk and John, was he part of the group? I don't know. Again, wow. you guys are like, who are these names? We don't care.
1: Wait, John? Uh, Short Sean, Yeah. Thank you for bringing that name up because that was the other one that you did a little bit of a, <laughs> a little pain to. When he got frustrated,
0: what I do to him? We were, we were wrestling. I really don't remember this. We were
1: wrestling, right? Yeah. And he was just being annoying, and you're like, shut the fuck up. And he's singing Limp Biscuit, and you're doing a powerbomb on him. So, like, you're lifting him up, and he's like, I came in this world as a reject. And slam. Right? Oh, I
0: did a real powerbomb on him. I and remember that now. So <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> Dan, that's another thing we could talk you about. That one? That was yes, good. we Mike and I were at part of a backyard wrestling. Uh, Federation yeah, almost. That, that, was, yeah, that, that was, was a lot of fun for a while.
1: It was a big fad. A lot of people were doing a it. A lot
0: of fun. people did that circa 2000 to 2002. Yeah,
1: luckily, we didn't do the barbed wire and light bulb stuff. We no, we're going
0: to get to this, though, because I remember I'm we looking at a little. We'll get, we, we did get a little hardcore, though. Um, oh, your dog's got something on, her, on its foot. We'll get that in a second. Ran into but, a
1: patch. Sticky. Yeah.
0: Hey, come over here. I'll get that off your foot. I'm a good person. I could stop the podcast for you. No? no? All right. No. So, all right. Fast forward. So, we, we, were, we were being kleptos the whole time at this mall. There is a record store that's still there. It's, it's oh, a famous yeah. record store. It's called Rolling Stone. Not Rolling Stones, but Rolling Stone. Yeah. Like the magazine and homage to the band. And it's a cool because it's it, it was even back then it was selling vinyl still. And, and it's a great spot. If you're ever in the Chicago area, i definitely recommend it. I have to give it a plug because we stole from them. And it's got you a and wonderful
1: I, porn section now.
0: It does have a good porn <laughs> section, actually. Uh, you and I went there actually a couple of years ago when I was just visiting, when I was still living in L.A., and you got me under that band, The Orwells, yeah. which I still like. I've, I've, I own one of their albums on vinyl, and I got the other two on my uh, iPod oh, cool. or my uh, iPhone. And, uh, yeah, they're a fun band. So uh, we, we didn't want to go in there. You were going to go in there to help this heist we were about to commit. It was Chris's turn for some reason by the way, I think you and I both said, oh, no, we took something from that one store. And they were like, did you? Because the whole idea was that everyone had to get their fingers dirty. You and I never actually got our yeah, fingers dirty. Yeah. So uh, the other three or four did because it was a good group of us. And I remember me and Marco were hanging in the parking lot. The mall has since changed because they added a Best Buy. And, they, they you know, so that parking lot that we were hanging in is not quite there exactly. But we were right there about... 50 yards from the store's entrance but in the parking lot like not like right at the front but you know a bunch of cars were there and chris sorensen and you went in and we gave a list um i don't think i wanted rage against the machine i think i wanted uh i want it was whatever grunt i was you know i'm still an alternative grunge and um you got me into them by the way which thank you for that you i remember the first time i ever heard nirvana was up those stairs right there i'm pointing at that no one could see yep and Perfectly. it changed music forever for me because up until then, I'd only listened to oldies in the car with my dad or um, the babysitters I had would play like uh, rap and R&B, which, I, which some of it I still like, but I was, you know, and then you put, I remember going, you got to hear this band Nirvana. I'm like, who? And it was, the funny thing, it was, it was about a year and a half after Kurt died. Yeah. The first time I heard it, I think it was like 95. So it wasn't like hot off the fucking presses and you put it in and I think it was in utero. It wasn't even never mine. And I remember even hearing in utero going, holy shit. This is awesome. How have I not heard any of this stuff? And then when you played Nevermind, because I, I don't care who you are. If, imagine you've never heard it before. Because I know there's people listening going, "Dude, I've heard Smells Like Teen Spirit four billion times. It's not as it's thrilling." Yeah. It's, but uh, but is, do you remember uh, where you were when you first heard Smells Like Teen Spirit? Those opening, the opening chords, and it's then the drums. To the video, like for me, oh, the it's, video, the yeah, music
1: video. That's the first time I really heard it, and. Uh, it would be like, it was yeah on TV upstairs and stuff but like and then you'd see the weird Yankovic. Oh yeah, it smells well like
0: Nirvana. Times, yeah. they called it yeah because he just gargled marbles while he sang like Kurt. <laughs> um, it was perfect. It was pretty perfect. I'll give Kurt credit though. I was looking back on that whole era because I'm listening to this podcast that my buddy Marty Derosa recommended to me. I can't remember what it was, but basically I think it's like the History of New Music podcast. It's Canadian guy and it's a great podcast, and he's going through ni- the '90s and how. He talks about history and the fact that you don't appreciate history until you're removed from it. And looking back in the 90s, it was being, the 90s was a huge decade for music that we didn't realize at the time. But now that it's 2018, we're almost two decades removed from it. Looking back, holy shit it was. And he breaks it down with tons of money because of CDs. CDs came around and people were buying the same albums they had on cassette and record but in CD form. So the record companies had so much money that they were able to just sign bands going, well, let's throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. So then you got a lot of good music because of that, where now the record industry is not making the billions it was back then because people steal music now and it's just that things are different and it's digital. So the music industry, like the main, mainstream music, the major labels, they don't take chances like they used to. No. Which is why I have to rely on guys like you who find good music. You know, people knock hipsters, but hipsters are good for finding good music. Yeah, They'll outside,
1: tell you. Outside of the box kind of shit.
0: Yeah, stuff where it's like, oh, I, I wouldn't have known that otherwise. The problem I have with hipsters is they give you shit for not knowing. Where it's like, hey, asshole, that's why I have you. You tell me. I don't have time yeah. to be looking through garbage bins to find some new band. Well, like, excuse
1: me. I am a hipster, not a fucking teacher. You need to fucking
0: learn shit. Yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they fucking turn around back on you. <laughs> anyway, this documentary, I'll, um, I'll tweet it out for those of you guys. Follow Killgown's Pub on Twitter. I'll tweet out the link to the podcast. uh, This podcast I'm listening to right now. Marty DeRose got me into it. Um, They just talked about how like, that era of music, not not even just with uh, alternative and and grunge, so to say, was just one of those things where uh, the youth was demanding something new in a sense. And Nirvana really was the right place at the right time, but it was also the right album and the right look and the right everything. Kurt Cobain was an ugly guy, It does. They don't take off the way they do. Um, That band had a sense of humor. Everyone looks back at them being depressing. Watch interviews with Nirvana. Fucking hilarious.
1: Yeah, they weren't straight laced. They they did what they wanted, and they just screwed around with the guys. Yeah, they were probably tired of getting all the same interviews all the time.
0: Yeah, they would always fuck with the interviewer. Like, why do people love you so much? I remember Chris Novoselic the bassist being like, you know, our rugged good looks, our um, you know, just our brutal honesty low interest rates. Like he just threw like, like low interest rates in it. Like funny shit like that. Um, yeah, they were, they, I still, uh, I still go down YouTube, like wormholes of, uh, reading or uh, reading. What the fuck am I saying? i um, watching like old Nirvana interviews and they, they never disappoint. But anyway, so we're back in the, the record store, everybody. This is it. The big heist that I've been teasing you for about 20 minutes of this podcast. And, uh, Chris Lawrence went in there and he was going to grab like three or four CDs, um, I think nine snails I wanted. I think I wanted a nine snails. But anyway, and, um, and his his thing was, you know, it was winter, so he was going to stuff them in his jacket, and they had a metal detector there. But his whole thing was when I walk through it, I'm going to go up high enough with my arm, like a fucking yawn thing, Yeah. and so that way it won't beep. He kept saying, it won't beep if I do that. And we're like, all right, man, you sure? Because it fucking seems like, you know... I, do the metal detectors not go all the way up to the ceiling, or like, are you tall enough to shove your arm up? Or it's going to work out like that?
1: Did that, like a little arm shiver from like a defensive end? Just like,
0: yeah, he's going to do that swim move. To... You know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here! You're going to go around the tackle, and I'm like, all right, well, you know what? Uh, we'll we'll keep lookout because Marco was like he had stolen the last few goods, so I'm going to do this. And then you were like, I'll go in and, and create a diversion if I have to. We'll go in separately. I think you guys yeah. waited a few minutes where you, he went in first, and then you went in a few a few minutes after. That way, no one was the wiser that you guys were friends. I'll never forget, this. me and Mark were talking about some random shit. Actually, no, now I remember exactly. There were three or four teenage girls who were a couple years older than us because they looked at us like, you guys are 14 or 15. Ew. You know, they're probably like 17. And um, I might one of us might have cat called them. Look, guys, we were teenagers. Don't judge. And Mark, um, that cat called, but she's been like, hey, what's up? Or, you know, they were walking by us and they were getting into a car and we didn't have a car. We took the bus. And then uh, and we're laughing about something. Something Marco said, like "Oh, the one's fucking ugly anyway." And we go, "Ha ha ha!" You know, <laughs> I can't remember what the fuck we were laughing about. But I'll never forget. This. We're looking at each other, and then all of a sudden, the door we, out of the corner of our we just see like Chris Sorensen bursting out of there, sprinting. And then we look at him. We look at each other, and he goes, "It fucking be." <laughs> let us know that the metal detector went off. And then I looked at Sorensen, looked at Marco, looked at Sorensen. It was like out of a sitcom. We we're like, what? And we're like, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. And then we all, we, the three of us ran, but I remember seeing Sorensen take the CDs and throw them underneath In a parked the car. car. Yeah. And then we went going and then we went up this little, like, we turned the one corner of the, of the parking lot and I was able to look through it and I saw the girls bend down under that car. And I'm like, no, like, fuck, like, not only that, but, and then, I'll never forget this, too, at the same time, I could see the entrance, and I see the guy who was, like, the manager or the security or whatever go, don't ever fucking come back in the store again, you know, because it beeped, they went out there, yeah. and then as the guys yell, don't ever fucking come back here again, you pop up right from me, I'm going, excuse me, sorry there, buddy, yeah. and then just, like, fucking went right yeah. around him.
1: I was, like, standing out there, like, he's yelling. I'm like, yeah, what are these fucking
0: guys doing? I remember you saying, like, I tried to step in front of him as he was going to run out after you, but he was quick. He was a quick guy. He went <laughs> right? He That's why he chases people when they steal <laughs> shit. He, he, was,
1: he works in security.
0: Yeah, and he, he, definitely, things. he knew what he was doing when he got that job. That
1: yeah, had little Barry Sanders in him in the security
0: work. Was, yeah, he had some moves. That was the worst, though. The thing that bothered me the most was that we didn't get the CDs. Because I later said to Chris, I go, dude, why would you let him go? He goes, because I figured if he did grab me, I could go, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't have anything on me. And I'm like... <sighs> But like, dude, you you had him by 30, 40 yards. We were younger. Like we could have, you could have kept going. And I I can't remember what CD was, but I definitely wanted it. Maybe it was definitely Maybe by Oasis. But I remember being like, shit. (laughs) Oh, I was so pissed. And he's like, oh, you didn't get your free CD? I'm not in jail, so fuck you. And then we argued about it. But that was a hilarious day. But that was our only, that was the only time I remember thinking to myself like, that's probably the only real crime I've ever committed.
1: Do you remember, but I wasn't a
0: I was an accomplice. I didn't even do anything.
1: Do you remember like the one in KB Toys and we stole like the WCW belt with the microphone?
0: I still can't believe we got that out. That was, it was I, I remember
1: the easiest one. Like I just like I was Who did that? Was that you
0: watch. or who did that one?
1: I have no clue.
0: Now that I'm looking back, I think Sean, Marco, and Chris did all of it. Yeah, we had and then we made mic. them think we were part of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Backyard Wrestling, since we're gonna transition from that. <laughs> well first I'll give a shout out to Pipeworks Brewery Company. Um, Michael here is a big fan of craft beers. Against, what's it called?
1: It's the Agave Heart Goze.
0: Agave Heart Goze. This is a solid beer. It's a sour beer. A little
1: sour, not too sour.
0: It's only 4% alcohol, which normally craft beers are pretty high. Yeah. A lot of them. What what got you into craft beers?
1: It's just the different flavors, different methods of madness uh, out of it. And you
0: volunteered at some breweries and done some help with some people, right?
1: It was, yeah, mostly Lake Effect, and a lot of times they collaborated with others.
0: Lake Effect Brewery. Yeah. So is that like an ultimate dream of yours to one day, like, Either work at a brewery or have your own brewery. It was. An or idea.
1: It, was it was. Reach for that little star, little, baby. Eh. You
0: know what they say: reach for well, stars because no, yeah. if you fall, you land on a cloud. Well, yeah. Now I'm. A, <laughs> That's Kanye. I think I'm I just quoted.
1: Meat apprentice right now, so so I'm cutting meat.
0: I, I actually remember driving by, because you you now work at Whole Foods. Yeah. Uh, which drop. moving on up, name <laughs> dropping Whole Foods, <laughs> yeah, like Whole Foods <laughs> needs <laughs> the publicity, <laughs> and you used to be a butcher at uh, Jewel, which is a classic yeah, well, Chicago I was grocery just a chain. Meat clerk, meat at clerk, at yeah.
1: So, I, yeah, I didn't have that name.
0: I term. remember hanging out with a friend, and we drove by that, the Jewel that you worked at and saying, Oh, good buddy of mine works there. He's a butcher. Miss that guy. <laughs> and my friend goes, dude, when you drink, because I was a little drunk at the time, I was in his pasture, he goes, when you drink, you just speak in, like, fragments. It's not even full sentences. You'd be like, buddy works there. Good dude. Miss him. Butcher. <laughs> like, just not even, like, giving, like, full sentences. Like, <laughs> he's a butcher. We grew up together. Just, like, little quick little sound bites. It's
1: still nice to know. It's a nice little tidbit.
0: Yeah, man. That, that, that's fu- fucking fun to have a friend that's a butcher
1: Yeah.
0: you know what they say that's you can get a good it, look at a butcher's a ass podcast. by sticking your head up the cow but I'd rather take the mother's word for it right <laughs> is that how Chris Farley says that in Tommy Boy no no, <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, no. <laughs> um, alright well I just knew I knew that was a hobby of yours so I was always curious um with people and their hobbies, because I try to tell people, I'm like, listen, man, you got to go for it. Yeah, if that's what you dreams. want.
1: reach your dreams. Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> like, I'm a motivational speaker now. It's that's scary. part of my healing as a big as a guy with a bad temper. You should
1: just like wear all white and be. I'm like, not hey, kidding you, know, you. I've
0: gotten really into like these these motivating dudes, man. You you ever see Will Smith in The Rock videos, dude? You, if you're ever feeling down in the dumps, watch a fucking clip of The Rock on YouTube. That dude will make you feel good about yourself again, <sighs> or it'll make you feel lazy because it's like you're so huge and I'm not, Jeez. and you're you know. That's
1: that's basically what I would.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. Some of these dudes, this is this guy Gary Vaynerchuk I'm a big fan of now, although I ripped on him, like, not ripped on him, I just thought his, I, I did a solo podcast like six or seven podcasts ago where he talked about Ricky Rubio, you know, the, the guard for the Utah Jazz, yeah. saying um, he was a guy that if he would have worked on his jump shot, could have been a superstar, but he was too busy banging chicks in Ibiza. And I'm like, well, what if that was his dream? <laughs> what if he yeah. thought, I need to get so good I could reach the NBA so one day I could bang chips, ch- chicks in a visa? I mean, maybe a that's, visa, whatever that's the fuck
1: how Yamir Yager was. Like, he became so good at hockey for so long, so then he could bang very young, hot chicks at older age.
0: <laughs> that's right. I mean, people always think like, oh, you're a professional athlete. Your dream must be the greatest of all time. No, my dream was to be this good so that I could go do that. <laughs> yeah. And then you like see, they can see take them? pictures of me I get and to bang not
1: them. giving a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sleeping with the Army Yager. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You're not going to get money from me. <laughs> no,
0: fuck it. I li- that's, why, that's why I was, was a big fan of Derek Jeter because during his playing days, he got married now because he's retired, but during his prime playing days when he still had more hair, people would always ask him, Derek, when are you going to settle down? He's like, why would I settle down? Yeah. I am a New York Yankee and I'm worth $50 million whatever the hell he was making at the time. Yeah. Why, in the, why would I settle? Are you kidding me? I'm going to bang Alyssa Milano on Saturday and, 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 then, and then bang Jennifer Lopez on Friday. And then, you know, I got a whole, I got my calendar list of bangs. Oh, that's Apparently, amazing. he would leave gift baskets to, this, to one night stands, which I think is a classy move. It is. Think about that. You're a woman and you're like, where'd that guy go that I just had sex with? Oh, damn it. Did he not leave his number? Oh, sweet pineapple. That's cool. I'm all right with that. Get those pineapples on a stick and some strawberries. You get like a pineapple, strawberry, pineapple, strawberry on a stick. It's like a oh, kebab of fruit. He's giving edibles? Nice. Yeah, he gives edibles, man. He is a fucking classy guy, man. I was going
1: to say, like, what kind of gifts? It's like, a reason why, he, sleep
0: with reason why he's the cat, I would, I, You <laughs> know what, though? Makes you think. <laughs> Makes you think. <laughs> Makes you think. Uh, so, uh, Backyard Wrestling, man. You and I were in it. Do you yeah. remember what your name was? I do. Oh,
1: yeah. What Double H. Hardcore Havoc.
0: You were Hardcore Havoc, which I still think to this day would be an amazing name for a wrestler. Yeah. How is there not a wrestler named Havoc?
1: I mean, just Havoc now seems a little lame. Like, back in the day, it has that kind of look. And name, but now everyone's going by their personal name. Kevin Owens, a CM Punk.
0: Yeah, you are Kevin Owens fan?
1: Yeah, he's cool.
0: He's good. I like him.
1: He's been falling off a little bit lately. Like, who's your if,
0: favorite wrestler right now?
1: Ooh, uh, I've been watching a lot of more of the the next people.
0: The N- I NXT. Like,
1: I feel like they produce better wrestling. Like, it's hard for me to watch. Like, I'll I'll just watch the pay per views because uh, thank you to my niece. And her boyfriend, they gave me their WWE network. Password? Yep. Those are good people. So I I get to watch it. Uh, Before that, I was not watching anything. So I watched those, The Next and WWE. And I watched both of those pay-per-views, and Next always kills. Even WrestleMania. Like, WrestleMania was great. The Next, the day before, way better.
0: You know what you've come off to me now is you're a college football and a college basketball fan now.
1: And I didn't hate college uh but,
0: but that's what it comes off as, because yeah. I, I've, I've never been a big college football fan. Like, I'll watch the big games here. If it's on, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't hate it, but I don't seek it out with the way yeah. like I do with the NFL. And even with college basketball, I would kind of, like, just before the tournament, a couple weeks before the tournament, just to kind of get an idea of who's good for the tournament, that's when I start to pay attention. But I'm not watching, you know, Duke versus, you know, Clemson in December. I could give a shit. And... um, But my friends who are diehard college football fans will always tell me, dude, it's way more better. It's not way more better, but it's a better product because these guys are playing balls out because they're they're playing for a shot at the NFL where these NXT guys are playing for a shot at the WWE. It's it's kind
1: of true, but uh, for college, there's only maybe 10, 15% of them are going to the majors. And next, sure, like WWE is your majors, but... A lot of them have come from, like, the majors from, like, All Japan, uh, Ring of Honor, and all those. So a lot of the people that I hear that are coming to Next, I get excited. Uh, Like, uh, this wrestler Ricochet, he was, like, did a lot of All Japan, Ring of Honor, and, like, he's now in Next. And, like, he's been around for years. And just to see him and, like, he's still going balls out. Because, like, once you go to WWE, then you have to lose a lot of your fight list because, you know, you're now on a big Screen, you know, big network. You can't say this. You can't do this. You know, so you lose a lot of the awesome stuff that you get to see. While next, I feel they still are free to do that and get more hurt. You know, they're risking more, which is kind of weird and awesome at the same
0: Dude, time. Dude, you sold me. I want to watch. I want to watch next now.
1: It, it's it's very entertaining because uh, I
0: haven't really watched. It. I know Kevin Owens was a big star that came out of there, and you know, I know some some of that yeah, backstory all, there. All
1: these guys, yeah aj styles did a little bit of next before he came up and he was tna all japan he formed the bullet club which is now is tna
0: next still club. around yeah is it still way. on spike tv or whatever the I hell it was they
1: renamed it but it's or still, or no spike tv
0: is called paramount network yeah, now it's or whatever. still
1: around i, I got it, yeah
0: i remember jeff Jarrett was a big piece of that company yeah uh no i like the that's way you summarize that man that's cool because you know I've, I've had cole cabana on my podcast before and mm-hmm. that dude i've the utmost respect for him. Like I remember having him on the podcast being like, I don't want to kiss your ass, but I just love the way he went about building um, his career where it's like he I think he was kind of guy that's like, I love wrestling. I he love it. That's why his podcast is called The Art of Wrestling. He's such a fan of and has so much respect for people who love wrestling and who do it the right way and do all this that he was kind of like, all right, I had my cup of coffee in the WWE. Didn't work out. It's not going to stop me. I think some people kind of would, I think a lot of the, I think the average person, if they don't get exactly what they want, just kind of fold, where he was just like, fuck that, I'm going to do the indie circuit, I'm going to, I'm going to give it 110% every time I'm out there, I'm going to build a fan base that way, yeah. and and now he, they fly him out to Japan, he was in Scotland, like, he goes all over the place off of the name he's built as being this awesome wrestler who's entertaining as hell, and I'm, I'm a big fan of that shit, so like, now that you're telling me next kind of is pi- plucking people from New Japan and yeah. Ring of Honor, um, I'm I'm sold. Because as a comedian, I see it all the time. There are comedians, I know I've already dropped his name before, but I did a show with him last night, so he's fresh in my head. Marty DeRosa, Marty DeRosa the set Marty DeRosa had last night, halfway into the set, I remember thinking, this dude should be fucking nationally famous. And he's not. And that that just shows you that, like... Listen, people listening right now, you know, we talked about it with indie music a few seconds ago. You know, listen to that hipster friend is annoying and condescending and shitty as those hipsters could be. Just, just
1: uh, block that out. Block, th- find yeah. Find the little tidbits.
0: Find the little tidbits. Take the nuggets of, like, that band. All right, I'll look them up. now. Uh, stop talking. Yeah, stop get, ta- get him drunk,
1: and then he'll have, like, those little Joe spurts, like, yeah, this band, good, great done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And then, um, I, I feel that way with so much entertainment, like we, we live in a a great era in the sense that you have so much control where it's like, fuck these industry people, fuck these networks. Uh, Cause I, I've seen that side of the game for comedy. There are a lot of, I've got a lot of friends who are like uh, industry darlings and they deserve it. And then I've got people I know who I'm like, you, they suck. Yeah. Throw me some of that whiskey. Hell yeah. A little bullet bourbon there. And, um, we got a lot of those and a lot of those people get through. Because, like I said before, with music, with music nowadays, and with TV nowadays, Murphy Brown's back on television. Ooh, there's a new Magnum P.I. They had Roseanne, Fuller House. These people are fucking lazy. The industry, that was what, when I three years in L.A., the thing I learned the most is they are lazy, they don't take risks, they don't see where the real fucking talent's coming from, um, everyone's got to be packaged so. I had it where I talked to one manager... After a show, I did a show where I followed Sarah Silverman, and she's great, by the way. I like her a lot. She was really nice to us because it was a show that um, I helped produce. So to get her on the bill was cool, and she was, she was really nice. And I went up after her, and I crushed. I'm not, I'm not bragging, but that's exactly what happened. Ask anyone there, I killed. And then um, this dude saw me there and was like, man, eh, you talked a little bit about everything. You know, you kind of want to, you know, there's this comic. He just talks about his crazy dad. And then there's this comic. talks about this. You talked about, like, every subject. And I wanted to be like, yes, yeah, so there's Bill Burr. And Louis C.K. was huge at the time. So it was Louis, sort of these names. It's a like, yeah, but they built themselves up. And then I realized, oh, this is what happens. Bill Burr and Louis C.K. I mean, Louis C.K. had a great career throughout. But, like... And I'm not saying Bill Burr didn't either, but they didn't become national household names until they were in their 40s. These guys are both in their 50s now.
1: Basically when they 50, both 50, 150.
0: Yeah, right? And, yeah, baldness. Now it's, now we can hear you, bitch. Now the anger matches. Now you, yeah. You so look, I need to go bald. Yeah. Because I you. still have a pretty good head of hair. And People are like, why are you so angry? You got a yeah. decent head of hair. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't get to be as angry. Um, but no, it made me, I remember thinking to myself like, oh, okay, this is how dumb the industry is. A guy like Bill Burr, um, after you know decades of just crushing it finally they couldn't ignore him anymore they can no longer ignore him he had a hit podcast he had a fan base people loved him so then the industry came around going all right let's work together where it's like you fucking passed on me so many times before and now i'm undeniable so now you have to kiss my ass so i'm hoping i'm sure bill burris because he's smart he started all things comedy which is a great website it's a podcast network they produce content now which was his way of being like let's go around the fucking middleman." because fuck them um, so I'm glad he did that, because I was going to say it would be really sad if, because I think if you build up your own, like Colt Cabana right now, he's built up his network. Oh, yeah. He's He's got a huge following. So if WWE wanted him back, he doesn't get that rookie contract no. of some newbie. It, he's tells them, no, you fucking sign on the deadline because I make enough money as it is. I don't need to fucking kiss your, your dick, you know?
1: But a lot of times, uh, the only thing that I feel sorry for Colt is I feel like WWE is not going to go out and get him. Because the whole CM Punk thing, which now he's yeah. not friends with him, that's what I hear. Like he's suing him. Uh, but another, they won that
0: one lawsuit. <clears throat> but they're part of it. You're right. They they don't. They're, they're not friends like they were. You're would right.
1: Be uh, Kenny Omega because Omega was WWE for a brief, like Colt was. Yeah. And he left, and he became this big star in All Japan. Kenny, you know Kenny? Omega? I've know the, I know the name. Yeah. Yeah. And like they are their sound bites of, they might sign him, uh, maybe not to like a real contract, maybe like just perform one night or a month or something like that Yeah, but just to see him come out and just act like how he is that'd be amazing just to see
0: yeah because you just want to see those guys on that stage where you you know I, I just spent the last five minutes ranting about how people need to support the indies in and all that kind of stuff but you, you as a fan of these people you do want to see them at that level like I want to see Marty DeRosa on Comedy Central even though part of me is yeah. like you don't need it so even though I'm preaching hey you, you, you don't need Comedy Central well, you nowadays, really don't. You, you don't. don't. It's Netflix
1: now. Well, Netflix now is bigger now. It. You want Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it's even no. bigger
0: than HBO. Yeah. But of course, everyone would take a Comedy Central. Any comedian would take it. Yeah. You know. But it'd be nice In if you game. were at the point where, you're, where they when they come to you, you're like, I, I don't need you that much. Because I've got, I could produce a video right now. I could put out my own special, yeah. spend a couple grand, put it on YouTube, put it on my website. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get views. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that. So if you want to work with me, let's, 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 let's work together. This isn't me. This isn't you saying, okay, we want to produce your album, but you got to cut this joke. You got to cut that joke. Yeah. Oh, your joke about, uh, well, that's one of our sponsors. You can't make fun of them. No, 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 no. You're not going to fucking dictate to me. Okay. That's where, that's, I think everyone who's in the entertainment industry wants to get to that, like, um, who's a good, like a Larry David status where you're, you're so proven you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, because you, you have that, that base to fall back on. That's why I respect the people who, um, who are like Colt, like because he built out, like Kyle Kinane is one of my favorite comics too. He's a guy that built out his fan base. Obviously, Comedy Central has been very good to him. He's like the voice of, he does the, yeah. he does, he's the voice. He does like the, a lot of like, you know, coming on next, Broad City. Like, you know, that's him. And um, he's the best dude, but I feel like he kind of went around that. I'm just going to put out fucking album after album. Um, make sure it's great. And, and and tour. I'll, I'll, when I go to Chicago, I don't have to do Zanies for fucking 12 shows. I could do the Metro or I could do this. You know what I mean? And kind of just build it up more organically and that way the fans that like you are your true fans instead of getting a bunch of fans who are just kind of fake fans in a way. Or not like fake, but we're well, going back to Nirvana. Kurt Cobain, I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but Kurt Cobain, <laughs> but remember in, in Utero, in Utero he even yeah. said like I wanted to change our sound because I kind of wanted to lose some of those Nevermind fans because he knew there was a lot of oh, yeah. people who liked Nevermind I who were just, they just like Smells Like Teen Spirit. They would go to concerts, and when they didn't play Teen Spirit, they would fucking almost riot. Like, yeah,
1: fuck you Nevermind fans, because you don't know any of the bleach before. Yeah. You know, like F you guys.
0: Yeah. People forget that. I remember my one buddy was recording an album, my buddy Mike Leibovitz, and um, he, he gave an interview about recording his first album. And he goes, you know what? Everyone I talk to, everyone always wants their first album to be Nevermind, but we all forget Never mind wasn't Nirvana's first album. It was Bleach. And if my album turns out to be kind of like a Bleach, I'll be totally cool with that too, because oh, yeah. that's a great album. All right, uh, anyway, so let's, let's wrap up with some backyard wrestling talk here. But um, you were Hardcore Havoc. Because we only had about seven or eight guys, I was two characters. <laughs> I, was, uh, I had a mask, because, no. you know, Irish wrestlers always wear a mask. <laughs> Us and the luchadors. And I was serial killer. But yep. look, everyone. This was 2000, killer. 2001. So I was K I L. It was the year 2000. I was K I L L A H, serial killer, and then I was uh, Joe Berg, yeah, like Goldberg, but Joe Berg. Wow. Where um, I did <laughs> all his real moves. think machine on that one. I wouldn't go shirtless because I was way too white and I have a concave chest.
1: Oh yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, when I was on that Chicago Met episode shirtless, did you ever think to yourself, wow, he was so, he would always wear a white t-shirt in the pool, and here he is shirtless on <laughs> national television. <laughs> Millions of people watch the show, and there he, there's Joe with his ugly nipples.
1: Like, is that a, sh- a shotgun wound in the, the middle of his chest? <laughs> that would
0: have like, been great if I got stabbed in the chest, and the blood would have covered see, it all up.
1: Been, yeah, that would have been genius. Like, work with what you got. And, but
0: no, they had to go through the fucking side like, like assholes. All right. Um, yeah, and who else? Chris Sorensen was the fugitive. Yeah, Jeff Panic. I gave him his name. Uh, he, was, he was JD, which was short for Jameson Daniels, and he would come out with a, a bottle of whiskey.
1: It? See, because he didn't wrestle that much.
0: He he so was I always forgot, he was in a few of them, but he was probably yeah. our like of the active roster. He'd be the guy that shows up for every other pay per view. Like, yeah, he was every like Roddy
1: Piper. You'd only see him rarely. <laughs> like,
0: That's a good call. He
1: was he was the Piper of the group.
0: He was, and then uh, Mike Martinez. Well, I can never oh remember. My. There was what like the nine. Fuck? He had a few because he he'd had a always few. switch. He, he switched. He went, he had, remember, he had face paint.
1: Black Hammer. <laughs>
0: black Hammer. That's right. Black Hammer is one of um, us.
1: I can't think of... That, that was the only one. But he then he, we he, he wore
0: blackface. Yes. But he was Mexican. Could Mexicans wear blackface? <laughs>
1: black
0: is that a thing? <laughs> he did blackface. <laughs> I'll never forget because we. everybody... If I could get this, I know <laughs> oh, I have one of the tapes oh, somewhere yeah. on JVC. Like, black Hammer. Because it was a video <laughs> camera. It was my stepmom's video camera. And... You, it was these mini tapes that you'd have put into this converter oh, VHS. It was all VHS. If I could get these up online, I would love to do it. I got to figure it out a way. Thank and God.
1: No one became his partner, White Lightning, because he's a black white uh, Major he's, League Baseball too.
0: Well, I did take Havoc from the WW Pay Per View Halloween Havoc.
1: Well, the, well, I, well we, that's why I did. did. Hard, yeah. And like hardcore, you the hardcore. Holly. So I. Well, because
0: you were hardcore. I'll never forget. We filmed this. This was on film. I wish we still mm-hmm. had this. You and I we were we were doing like we think we did like a uh, like a battle royale type of thing, and it was me and you. Me a serial killer, and remember, remember this, dude. You got a, you, you got stitches. Yeah, when you bled. that was a
1: three way fight.
0: Three way fight. It was
1: Mike Martinez, which I don't know which wrestler he was. The fuck at was the time. he? He was
0: Black Hammer, and then he had another name. It was like a hip hop name because he came out to that Mace song.
1: Oh, uh, what was not your, the Puff
0: Daddy song? Mace.
1: Okay, it was Shit. Cuban Assassin.
0: Oh, Mark, uh, Cuban Assassin was uh, Danny Leone.
1: Thank you. Uh, I forgot. You about see, we have
0: a lot of, we have a lot of Hispanic friends. But, I'm only laughing because okay, no. we mentioned earlier white neighborhood, but well, everyone was Hispanic by the time we were I, ten. Yeah,
1: because now I'm in Scher's and Shur's
0: You went know, to Shurs High School in Chicago. Minority. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's but, why I went know, to a Catholic then, high school because I would have had to come there. My, my dad was like, "No, nah, I'm going to send you to another school. That's a bad school." Um, <laughs>
1: but you know, yeah, during high school, yeah.
0: Marco was like, Marco was the Mexican menace. Mexican, Cuban says, "In Mexican menace." I was trying
1: to think if Mike had something like that. I don't think he. I don't
0: think anything Mexican in it. Yeah. I think he. Had, There's Diamond fuck, Dallas Papish. Diamond Dallas Papish, DDP. <laughs> John Papish was Diamond Dallas Papish. His little brother, who could do backflips, we had, even though he was like five years yeah. younger than us. And we liked him because then we could do all the moves we couldn't do to us because we weren't strong enough. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being like, oh, I could torture rack this kid because he's like yeah. 11. This is great, you know? Um, yeah, I can't remember. The, I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. So yeah, the, three-way the three-way match three-way. is going on. You, you, you um do you, let me take it from you. I'm gonna let you take it away. You describe what happened. Okay.
1: What? Okay. I think the setup was, we we did have a ladder, and I think someone was gonna jump off it or something like that. I forget how. Yes. And we had a table too.
0: But remember, the was. I was
1: a... hovering on the table or whatever, and like I fell through it, and then I, knocked the wind out of me. Yeah. And that's why I was lying down at the time. So I was like, I need a breather first of all. But then you two were fighting each other, blah blah blah, and then I don't know what happened because I was not lying down. But Mike fell right next to me, sunbeaming, so I can't see shit. Or no, it was, yeah, Mike, it was. Yeah, Mike. And then you threw a milk crate. He was wearing a padded rib thing. It bounced nicely off of it, hit me right in the And brow. it hit you with
0: some force. Because I remember oh. as soon as it hit you, I was like, shit, dude, are you okay? I knew immediately it oh, yeah. got you hard. Well, because I, I you hard.
1: interacted really quick. Like, oh, my God. You,
0: you were doing like the, your legs were going up. Oh. Cause I, but on camera, dude, it looked like you were just selling it. Yeah. It honestly looked like you were like Rick Flair it perfectly. I, I sell everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll never forget. And then you like whispered because I think I had pinned Mike because it was I had to pin both you to win. This was a three way match, and I you I'll never forget this. This is where it showed your balls were gigantic, Wait, man. You
1: didn't even pin anyone yet because like I was still I first had to react on what what happened because I was my hand was full of blood and there was a big puddle underneath that hand. It was blood. yeah, it was a and lot of blood. You were about to hit him. Because I remember the tape, you're about to hit Mike with like something broken, a broken piece of wood, and you saw it mid-swing and just like dropped it and it came yeah. towards me. And I, I'm just like... And I fake grabbing, hit you. Yeah, I'm just grabbing you. I'm like, just get me out of the picture. <laughs> yeah. like, get me out of the camera. Yeah. And you just threw me into something else and you hear the, because uh, it was like set up like a table. It was. It was a wooden a board. It
0: was a good-sized wooden board that was on an angle against a tree. Yeah. And you so you went through <laughs> it. You, yeah, like dude, you would have been a great stuntman because I remember, th- like doing like that. It was like an off the ropes type yeah. move, like Irish whip type of thing. And then you went into it, and it cracked. It sounded so good because I remember us being like, we we had, we, had, we invited friends over. Um, the, Brian Brown, remember viewing. her? Yeah, remember we had some people come out because yeah. then we started wrestling by Adam Kanapitz. Yes, I mean, he, he had a good back here because he had a porch you could oh, jump yeah, off yeah, of. Yeah. I can never remember Adam Bomb. Adam Bomb, Adam Bomb was his he was name. My partner. Adam, and you Plus guys were per tag Avic team. And Adam Bomb. It was a good tag team partner.
1: And I think we're called Damage Inc.
0: Yeah, I was such a dick. <laughs> no, because I remember, dick. I remember one time being like, oh, we're going to do this. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to retain the belt. <laughs> and then fi- finally you guys were like, you can't win every fucking match, yeah. asshole. And then, I've, and then we did like a, uh, uh, a gauntlet where someone started it and won a couple. And then I came in and won like four in a row. And then I had it where I got eliminated. But then my other character came back. Yeah, but like, then you got so the belt. Yeah, I remember giving it to you. Kill, you almost said uh, Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Joburg. But yeah, I'll never forget, man. And then you came up, and then I'm like, oh, I think you maybe need a stitch. You might not even need a stitch. And then you, what did you get? It was like nine stitches across your it eyebrow? Was, it
1: was not nine. I six? I think it was like half. It was like five. Probably, five or six like stitches? Your mom
0: was pissed, though. I remember her being really mad about that. Well, I can't blame her. I was
1: like, it was a basketball. <laughs> it was yeah, playing basketball. it was just a bad you line know, at Job all. Joe just got angry again. <laughs>
0: <It was> like, <laughs> did you tell your parents about that, about me getting pissed?
1: Oh, they knew. <laughs> it's like, come on. They witnessed you for a good solid 10 years across the street. Just...
0: <laughs> Do you remember when that kid, that dude actually, he died now. There was a kid on the block. See, you and I got bullied by these kids. Maybe not you so much, but they bullied me. And I feel like that's where a lot of my temper and toughness came from. Because they're a few years older than us. They lived down the street. They're actually friends with Jeff, who you and I ended up becoming really good friends with later on. Because we were the same age. But, um, you know, they used him as a puppet. And... uh they were Irish, too, so they think they would have loved me, but no. they didn't. John uh, and Pork. Yeah, John and Pork. And um, Pork was his nickname for uh, Padraig, sort of super Gaelic Irish of name.
1: of all, I thought that was his real name anyway. Pork? Until, like, right now.
0: My dad used to call him Pork and Beans. <laughs>
1: I never knew his real name. And Pork. He died
0: right a few years ago, I think, or a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. I like uh, picture. Yeah. He was at some bar. They had a fundraiser for him. I know that fucking guy. It was, I was awkward. He uh, was talking shit, saying something, and I remember grabbing a rock and um, he was like four. It was, he was probably good, like 100 feet away from me, maybe 120. Like fucking like, home plate to catcher. I grabbed the rock and just was like, <laughs> "Fuck you!" And threw the rock. And I remember, still in my brain, I remember in slow motion just seeing that rock, like watching the spin of it, and it hit him right in the head. And he had a whole like two second delay. It was like one, one thousand, two, one thousand. Then he fell his ass and went backwards, and he had to get stitches. And then I remember them like coming to my house to talk to like wanted to fight me, and then my dad came running out. My dad's very intimidating. Still yeah. this day, it's just like he scares oh, the he shit is. out of people. I'll never forget you and I got into a fight and you took a hose. To, what'd you do? You want to do on telephone? Oh, what did uh, you did there, with, sweetheart? The hose?
1: I don't know about the hose one.
0: You don't remember the hose? No. Didn't you put a hose? My dad had his windows rolled down and you put a hose to his back seat and try to fill it with water.
1: <laughs> no. You don't remember that? That's great.
0: Well, what was funny about it...
1: I can't even remember the goddamn womb uh, anger management womb part.
0: Yeah, which was like, only two and years you ago. you want that. me
1: to fucking remember this?
0: Yeah, you took a hose so, and put it in right the... And my dad back window rolled down, and you took your hose, because he was parked in front of your house, because we were directly across the street, and started filling it with the back seat of like this old Chevy Capri. Or, I can't remember what the fuck the car I was. I don't think I knew... But was you know like what's funny it. about that? My dad never found out, because it rained that night, and he thought he was just an idiot who left his one window down. Nice. So there was no, like... And, and you and I, right. we grew up in an era where... People would give each other shit, and we'd yell at each other. But the next day, it was like, hey, are we going over here? It was always, it was always like, I, just, I don't know if that still exists. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know if teenagers and, and preteens are still like that. I don't know. I think because everything gets publicized on social media. I think when twelve-year-olds have a fight, they go on Facebook and go, or they're not even on Facebook. They're on no. Snapchat. They'll Snapchat going, "Hey, fucking Gregory's a, a little dick piece of shit. Don't hang out with him anymore." I, I don't know. I don't know what they do, but I remember really. I miss that because even though we're adults, I don't know how it is where you work, but where I work, being a comedian, people take things too. They go, "Did you hear what so-and-so did?" And I'm I. You know, I grew up very blue-collar Chicago, so when I hear, like, about it, I go, oh, maybe it having a fucking bad day. So what? And they go, no, I'm done with him. I'm like, why? Because of that? That? Well, you were never friends in the first place. When I hear about how certain people break up friendships, I'm like, you were never really friends in the first place if that's what it takes. Because, you know, the, the, the group of guys we hung out with in grade school, I feel like every other day we would have one of those fights where someone stormed off. Oh, yeah. And the very next day, it's like, hey, we're going to Taco Bell. You want to come?
1: Sometimes not even the next day; it'd be like a few hours. A few hours later, you knew the number, you called, and you're like, I'm sorry, you know, like that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, y- you have Nintendo. I want to play it. <laughs> it's like.
0: By the way, I got I found uh, my 64, and I got Mario Kart hooked up. I've been doing that Mario Kart live I thing. You got to come I by my, and play, man. I
1: found my 64. I don't have any games though.
0: So I can give you a few good. games because I got a few games I'll never play. Yeah. I found WCW revenge.
1: You got Diddy Kong Racing.
0: I do. <laughs> you want to play Diddy Kong? Yeah. You gotta come by and play some Diddy Kong, man. All right, uh, Paco, man. Dude, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. Before
1: you wrap up. I wanna, oh, no, no. I do not think you want to. I want to finish with your dad.
0: Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about my dad. My <laughs> no, no. dad's the best. Yeah,
1: man. the one thing was, because you brought it up in the beginning, was, you know, golf balls. Oh, those hitting.
0: fucking bullies, too, I mentioned. But um, the, la-
1: the last time I got to see him, and it was for Jeff Panic's wedding, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, because he drove us.
1: So, yeah, so I went to the house. You weren't even there yet. And I told you the story, but it was I'm like, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> like, I still do. He, he lets me in, like good old days. And we sit down. What is he watching? It's golf. Of course. And I was like, he's like, yeah, it's the golf song? I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, this, you, like good old days, the same fucking thing that's on. He's like, yeah, it's probably the same game because it's fucking doing it terrible. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love this man. Yeah. I barely talked to him, but when he says something, it's like like god
0: <laughs> like he always loved you he liked you and jeff although jeff was jeff liked the dolphins a lot back then he go, and he spit a lot when he, he talked
1: he might have liked me because i didn't really talk to him that much or ask him a lot of questions maybe that was why
0: you know people i it's it was funny because um, people ask me a lot like where does your humor come from and all that my humor definitely comes from my dad but my outgoing personality comes from my mom my mom's one of those people who, if she uh, buys something at a grocery store, will chit chat the cashier as if the cashier gives a oh, shit. I, can see that. I remember being like a kid, being in line, going like, "Could we fucking go? Would you stop talking?" <laughs> she has to, She's one of those women that, like, we'd be like a Kmart back in the day, and she'll see someone looking at the same shirt she is, and she'll be like, "Oh, you know what? I have a shirt." Sent. Like, she just loved talking to strangers. Where I'm not like that. I don't like talking to strangers. I mean, if you're at a show and you come by and say, "Hey, I like your set. I'll chit chat with you." Like, "Hey, what's up? Good to see you." Um, um, my dad was the opposite. My dad hates strangers. He doesn't suffer fools. He just doesn't like, but he's hilarious. The shit yeah. he says always cracked me up. I remember being a child just like hearing him talk about stuff and just dying with laughter. <laughs>
1: well,
0: yeah. My dad had road rage and that's how I learned how to swear. Yeah. And I'm a huge swearer to this day, but I remember just driving around hearing every swear word ever. And I remember telling people there's a difference between um, saying racist stuff in a car and then being an actual racist. Cause my dad's the furthest thing from it. And actually, we were talking about golf over the weekend, and we were talking about, like, you know, Tiger Woods had a great round and, and was closing out strong, and then we were talking about, like, different stuff and who's the greatest golfer of all time, and my dad's like, Bobby Jones is the greatest golfer of all time, and he was making fun of some announcer saying, well, Bobby Jones never won the Masters. He's like, yeah, because it didn't exist, you fucking idiot, and the course they play on, the course that the Masters was played on, he designed. <laughs> he hadn't invented the course yet, so, you know, you could picture my dad just yelling at the TV, and then uh, he talked about how it was so stupid because the, that course, the masters, after Tiger Woods started breaking records there, they would add, we're going to plant a tree right here. They would, start, they would do shit because they were bigots who hated that a black guy was dominating. And so, like, and that's, you know, that's, that's where my dad was cool with stuff like that. But in the car, oh, baby, I would hear every one of them. But he's still, like, um, the best guy. But he was definitely an old school dad in the sense that he just kind of came off very. I mean, he worked for the Chicago Park District on the south side in some parks that had some problems. So he had to be tough. There were times where I remember um, there'd be kids talking shit, and he'd be like, get the fuck out of here. And they'd be like, what are you going to do? And he would look at them, and they'd be like, I'm sorry, and they fucking run. And like, I mean, he's a big dude, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, played tight. hockey in college. He like,
1: looked like Bill Lambert. I don't care yeah. what you say.
0: Um, Bill Lambert. <laughs> but no, he always loved you. He, didn't, he never cared when you came by. You would be, I would come home from something, and you'd be hanging out already um we mentioned that earlier What'd with my stepmom me? when you scared her because <laughs> yeah. we were on vacation and she came by to like get mail or something and she was just watching tv and all of a sudden you come out of my bedroom which was like the back of the apartment yeah, I was playing Nintendo. and you just you're just like hey what's up and then just kept going and she's like jesus christ how long you've been here i don't know what time is it <laughs>
1: well yeah like i heard someone come in i'm like eh, i'm in the middle of something <laughs> It's about a good 20 minutes later. Well,
0: because it was regular Nintendo and there was no save option. You couldn't just (laughs) save game. You couldn't be like, I better, you know, you could pause, but then who knows? Thing might go bad. You got to blow it back into the cartridge. It was bad news back then. All right, man. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast, everybody. Uh, I, will, I will tag Michael Pecko on Facebook if you want to bother him on that. He might not want that because he's not a, a selfish comedian. Um, but, dude, thanks for being on. it, Everyone, uh, You know, f- uh, subscribe to the YouTube because I've been posting videos on YouTube. Instagram I got going right now, Kill Gallons Pub, also on Twitter. Write us a review on iTunes. If you write us a review, I'll read the review on air. Give you a little plug. So if you want to say, hey, I'm a big fan of this, but also I've got a little side business, I'll give that side business a plug because those iTunes reviews definitely go a long way. So uh, for Michael petko I'm Joe Kilgown. Thank you so much for listening to Kilgown's Pub. Cheers. Have a good day.